We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yo, what up, my people? KJ Podcast. I am in Hawaii on vacation. My girl won a nice little trip out here. We're in Maui hanging out. I didn't think there was terribly too much 49ers to talk about where I'm going to interrupt my vacation and edit my podcast. I am going to play for you the newest edition of Light Years, Blue Wires Warriors podcast. Very popular. One of our most listened to pods, Sam Esfandari and Andy Liu. Enjoy this episode. I'll be back for you next week. Always search Blue Wire in your podcast app and Spotify to see our latest shows All right, hope you enjoy this. Talk to you again next week. Light Years Podcast, we are back. Post-Warriors loss. Andy Liu, Samus Fendiari. When was the last time we recorded? I feel like it's been like a month. (laughs) What has happened? Yeah, it's just it's just been a busy week. Usually we get these pods out on Monday, um, and this time we're going on Thursday, so it's it's like a ten day break instead of our normal <laughs> weekly. Um, we're gonna. It's the people are craving KD takes, man. Yeah, it's officially the All Star break. Warriors enter it with a loss against Portland. Um, the end of that game was hilarious. Just, um, uh, how happy do you think uh, Draymond is or the players are when Steve does that? I think it is something where. Players love that from a coach. Well, yeah, and, like, the whistle was kind of – I mean, Port, <laughs> Portland was getting the home whistle. It happens. The teams probably – I mean, Miami probably felt that way with the Warriors on Sunday when when the Warriors got away with a couple at the end of that game. So it happens, but, you know, that's not the biggest story in Warrior land right now. The biggest story is a uh, friend of the pod, Ethan Strauss, <laughs> breaking up the dynasty. <laughs> you know, I'm not happy about it. And I'm selfishly not happy because I got, you know, people are mad at me. People are like, oh, Andy, you know, he's all he's doing is tweeting and stuff. You know, that's he's ruining the Warriors. He's he's kicking Katie New York. And Ethan comes out of here way more legit than I writes a superb article on the athletic. And, you know, you just know that Kevin Durant read every word, started hitting everyone up and then goes after him in the press conference on the exact stuff that Ethan talked about. Um, so I'm not happy that Ethan stole my shine, but he is the main, uh, he is the main guy that's kicking Katie out now. Have I mean, ever... I mean, is there a warriors forward? Ethan hasn't tried to get rid of. <laughs> we got, we got, we can, we can go all the way back to the godfather of the dynasty, David Lee. You know, you don't want to get rid of him. Harrison Barnes, Draymond green. You, know, you just, 
<laughs> just don't even come here if you're a forward. Ethan's out for you. <laughs> he, he had a great that Draymond feature was fantastic. Do you remember that one when he was writing oh, yeah. about the uh what was here's it? here's the thing. Um the bike in the sauna. <laughs> do not question Ethan's legitimacy <laughs> as a reporter. He he talks to people, he knows what he's writing. The thing about his KD article was I didn't even think it was particularly mean. He basically just said like most people around the team don't think he's returning. And if I had to guess, I don't think he is either. So, I mean, I, I don't really know how else to take that. That's that's just the general sentiment. It just sounds like, sa- you know, sour grapes. Um, and here's my favorite part. Katie gets very self-righteous about, like, I just want to talk about hoop. And four days later, it goes on a LeBron-style PR tour. Opening headquarters in New York, like bro, it's not. You just don't. You don't want to admit why you want to leave. It's that um, simple. I'm curious about this. Is there are a lot of fans that don't that aren't on Twitter all day long? I think me and you combined for like thirty thousand followers, which is nothing. There's way more people out there than that. And honestly, right? so, let's let's be real. Like majority of our followers follow both of us. So yeah, they are many. the same. <laughs> so maybe like maybe it's like twenty thousand. So let's, let's let's think of it this way. Um, a lot of people that aren't online, I think they'd be the ones that are saying, you know what, fuck Ethan, right? And they're like, you know what, whatever Katie's saying, he's right. Like it's the media. It's kind of like a Trump style attack. And not to say that Katie's that way. It's just. You, it's easy to blame media. The, no, the I mean, large, it's the same thing. It, broad look, media. Look, no one likes the Trump analogy, but it's been going on for about five plus years where celebrities use their celebrity status to claim whatever stories out there is is fake. Yeah. Because, yeah. because in general, people want to believe the celebrity more than they want to believe the media. Like, just nobody likes media. It's that simple. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and it's so I would say that the majority of people, Warriors fans that are like even people that listen to this podcast are, are probably hardcore Warriors fans. Um, majority of people are probably like, you know what, Kitty's right. Why don't you just let him play basketball? Right. And so I think that for Durant as a person, this is where the tough part happens is like, dude. KD is is now kind of pandering or mad at like the 200 people online, right? Instead of kind of looking back and saying, dude, you know, all Warriors fans do love you. And they do just like, you just want you to play basketball. No one really wants you to leave. It's just a couple of idiots online. And the and Ethan, whose by job the way, is to report on what you've been doing by this way, whole year. Let, let's take this a step back. Neither you nor I want KD to leave. If you and I had our way, I mean, I can only speak for myself. Um, I'd rather he stay, and I kind of want to see what he and Steph and this team can, like, roll off historically, you know? Of course. I want to see if they can get five in a row. I want to see if they can win seven titles. You know, I want to see that. I don't really care who gets the credit. You know, like, both you and I will push back at narratives we don't like about certain players but ultimately i'd rather the team stay together and see what it does so the idea that anyone's like you know this is a very self-created narrative on Katie's <laughs> part and it, but but i think ethan's piece kind of hit at it which is i mean if you peel back ethan's piece it's it's disease of more at its core right it's a guy who is probably the best player in the NBA. Um, if not, he definitely deserves to be mentioned. Like, if you mention the top two or whatever, he should always be mentioned. Always. Yeah. Um, feeling that he just doesn't – he isn't respected. And that's By kinda, who? But that's right? where you're kind of online too much. That's where your point is right. <laughs> that's, that's the where, point. That's where he sees – um, you know, LeBron accounts and this, and he doesn't understand why he doesn't. Yeah, he sees at prime LeBron. You know, he sees these fucking clowns with 200 followers. Even myself, right? Like, he sees me. It's like, dude, relax. And so the other thing is, too, um, and we'll, we'll get into this as we start the mailbag is – sorry, I'm, I'm fighting a cold. Um, but he's 
five years from now, like LeBron, what he did in Miami, right, in the moment was tough. Like he dealt with a lot, more than KD, uh, more criticism from more people. Um, KD probably feels like he's facing the same criticism, but LeBron didn't get to where he was today, didn't get to his media spin style and kind of having his stature as the best in the league immediately it took him like four years like does katie's think that this is all going to change after a season after a title dude if you win four to five titles in a row that's when it starts to change right and and i think for him he kind of just wants to keep finding a new way it's like um it's like if you if you don't know what you want to do in life in terms of a job and you try like three or four different positions it's like dude you should probably do it for more than a year instead of switching in and out because you'll never know if you truly love it or not um, and when he does leave, it, it's going to be the same thing. He'll go to New York and he'll go through kind of the same struggles or a new struggle and he'll still be miserable there. That's the tough part. Um, and, and it's only because of like what he sees online rather than, you know, kind of the broad view of everyone in the world. It's tough. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, let, let's, let's take this a step back. Um, Forbes came out with their list of, you know, uh, NBA players who make um, you know most money, and the the biggest takeaway I had was both LeBron, KD, and actually Steph all make more money off the court than they do on the court, and it just reminded me of that um, uh, article actually Ethan put out on when on Curry's uh, Under Armour deal, uh, where Bomani had a quote where he said your primary employer is the person who pays you the most. Hmm. And that's kind of how I, it's kind of how I view um, what KD and to another extent, what LeBron are doing, which is um, they're almost like their own brand entities, just looking for the team that they can, <laughs> like they can treat as an empty vessel to get what they want. At least that's how they act. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. And so I yeah. don't think like I, I think KD thought coming to the Warriors he'd achieve this and he'd be seen a certain way, and he's clearly not seen that way to, in his perception. And that's the kind of thing where it's like because you can't make a basketball argument for leaving the Warriors. You know, it's like it, you know, no one's declining here. There's no like you know, locking yourself into a terrible situation type of thing. Um, they, they've given him everything they've claimed they would, which is titles. Um, so it's about something else. It's a, it's about creating an, an individual legacy the way he wants to. And I mean, I would disagree with it. I think he's probably better suited just trying to rack up as many titles as he can. And then just, you know, letting people debate it in history. What, you know, well, this guy won eight in a row or something like that. You, <laughs> you know? know, you know what would be, you know, what would make him feel better, man? Take a year off, take a year off, go to Bali, go visit Southeast Asia, go travel across Europe, go take pictures. He's a photographer, right? Go, go do your thing, you know, enjoy other things other than basketball. Stay offline, you know, take a, take a page out of Clay's book, throw your phone away, fuck, fuck social media and just relax, right? Just right. do that. Just, just that that'll help, and then and then come back after that and, and see what's going on in the NBA. But I, I'm I'm half joking, but it's kind of I think he's so in deep, right? It's like for me, like I'll go. It's overthinking. Like sometimes it's overthinking. It's, it is I, for me. It's just like I just need to get off Instagram, you know, for a month. Sometimes you know, it's it's too much. IG is too much. There's too many IG models. You, you want many, you want to say it doesn't on. affect your mood. But but then you just see yourself being miserable all the time. So you can't you can't honestly say it doesn't affect your mood when it does. Just stay stay off Twitter even sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. I stay off Twitter for a couple of days and just I don't need to be looking at my managers. I don't need to did be it, constantly. Did it for two making... weeks over the summer and I, I was Did you like, really? And I was like, Wow. It's <laughs> life Don't is... you feel kinda of like a load off a little bit? Like I did that too. Like yeah, it's, it's just... kind of... It's, it's kind of free. It's kind of, but you know, I mean, so I do think it's with KD. You can't think of it in the binary sense of like, well, it's a basketball decision. I, I just see a guy who doesn't quite, I mean, quite know what he wants, other than like he wants his game appreciated at a certain level, but he's not quite sure what's going to give him that ultimate happiness. And that's what has a guy looking at leaving the best team in the league to go to the worst team in the league because, you know, his his agent can be the GM. 
Yep, yep. So we, by the way, we've answered, like, I'm looking through the mailbag questions. We answered a few of them. Um, they were mostly asking about KD and Ethan um, and all that fun stuff. But but let's get started. Yeah, let's um, do this. Because uh, I'll start with the first one. Um, you can take it. I can take it. doesn't matter. This one's from, by the way, you guys just, just use light, hashtag light years podcast. Um, we monitor it. So if you guys have questions throughout the week, we'll, we'll take a look and we'll answer them on the next pod. Um, so the first one comes from Chano Designs. Shout out to fellow Asians, obviously. He says, <laughs> last night, Braun got switched onto Trey, but instead of using the mismatch, passed out to Ingram. How much of this is directly affected by Steph? Now, I want to add on to that as well and, and allow us to talk about LeBron and how he is old now, 34, and he's coming back from this injury and doesn't really look like someone yeah, I say, that I would say more than anything, he doesn't look mm-hmm. healthy. Um, watching LeBron, like s- some people will say he's just not trying. Um, mm. but I don't know. I've seen him not try in the past and him not trying in the past is like, I'll make a few explosive moves on offense, but kind of dog it on defense. He's not even making those explosive moves on offense. He's playing that kind of offense where you're like, you know, he's he's using he's using the pass and the jump shot a lot more, which and he's not really exploding at all. Are we uh are we talk are we talking about eye, te- eye test Twitter versus uh, box score numbers Twitter because he did have a big triple double last no, night. No, he did. But I if mean, you watch the game, right, it, it's it's you're exactly right. I mean, I, he looked like a guy who doesn't fully trust his his groin. Which is a very weird statement to make. <laughs> but, um, you know, also, it's a really bad injury. It's really I mean, tough it to play on a straight he, lo- he, he looked like a dude who was like, "What? How can I make the least, the lowest stress play on my body here?" You know, like instead of mm. you know trying to trying to rip through a dude because he can, it's like, well, if I just dump this off, you know, it's less wear on my body. Um, and and it's not like. He can coast. This is not like if he was. That's in the a, that's a bigger problem. Yeah, if he was a, actually, you know, Eastern Conference is pretty good now. But if he was on the Eastern Conference, he'd probably be the five seed right now, maybe the six seed. But he'd at least be like for sure in the playoffs. You wouldn't have to worry about it right now. There has to be some type of stress that's going in. I know that it's the Kings and it's the Clippers. They're probably going to fade out. Do you see the but Kings still, games? Uh, I've watched not as many as you, uh, but they are the most fun team to watch this year. It, hands down, not even close. So I have, um, a, I have a different theory there. Um, the most fun basketball to watch is when teams are exceeding expectations. So like the Kings and the Bucks, like people didn't think the Bucks would be this good, obvious, and no one thought the Kings would be this good. But when you're basically playing with house money, it's like the freest, most no fun. Ba- yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's... by the way, Giannis can shoot threes now. I know, we're on... <laughs> I know while we're on this tangent, um, we'll talk about this another day. But that's a problem if it's going to keep going in the postseason. Um, so, okay, so let, let's end with this question: Do you, th- uh, you know, the Lakers are going to play the playoffs? How much does it? How far do you think they can go? Um, we're talking about the Lakers because I still believe that if they sneak into a seven seed, that they're beating Denver, and they can definitely beat really any team in the West if LeBron is fully healthy. I don't see them losing a seven-game series against, you know, a washed-up Chris Paul Rockets or, you know, a Russ-led OKC Thunder. Yeah. Uh, PG's great. I, I just don't see it. I still hold on to that belief. I mean, I'm kind of with you because for all their flaws, they're hyper-athletic and long. And LeBron's still the best decision-maker in the NBA. Like, he can lock in mentally in a way that he just will make less mistakes over a course of a game. So you're talking about 100 possessions each way. He's just going to make – I mean, Russ is going to take six terrible shots and turn the ball over in a dumb way at least four times. That's 10 possessions right there, right? Maybe maybe one of those shots goes in or something. I mean, it's just – LeBron doesn't do that, you know? Like – what what's he have? One bad turnover a game if he's really locked in, you know? I mean, he doesn't take bad shots. I mean, he 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 can he can lock in and focus longer than the other players. Yeah. So, I mean, they're they're going to be a problem from that standpoint because you know when it comes to the playoffs, he's just going to dominate every possession and kind of just trust the fact that over the the full game, he's going to make more good decisions and it's going to kind of work out. Yeah. 
That is true. That's true. You got one? Um, let's see. Oh, let's go with this throwback question right here. I like this one. I saw that. It's a good one. All right. From Wicked Lover. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. A bit of a throwback question. As an OG Warrior fan, which player did you have in mind in the 2009 draft? And what was your initial reaction impression of Steph? Do you want to go first? This is embarrassing. I mean, I... No, you go first. I mean, I, I didn't want them to draft Steph, so... I didn't want them to draft... I, I watched... I watched the... I watched all of the... Um, the the Davidson run, mm-hmm. and I loved it, right? Like everybody else in the world, like LeBron, sat courtside, loved it, thought it was amazing, fell in love with it. But... I fancy, you know, back then growing up for me, I, I fancy myself, as, oh, you know, I know a basketball, I know what I'm talking about. I, you can't have somebody that tiny, that small, that skinny. You can't have him run a basketball team, right? He's just, all the all the concerns, he can't play defense. You know, he's a, just a shooter, so he's not really a point guard. He can't do any of that. I was like, no, you got to go with the big and fucking believe this. I wanted Jordan Hill. I was like, listen, we need a big. We need somebody to he he's he can score he can def, he can play defense he can anchor a type of team right it was one of those things where it's like well we'd rather take Greg Oden over KD it wasn't that type of decision but it was like you'd rather get the big over the small any time um, and that's what I wanted I was like we gotta go with the big we gotta get Jordan Hill I will say this after watching like ten games of Steph Curry and watching the feel that he had the way that he played on the ball not shooting but passing I knew that he'd be an actual basketball player I I. Although I'm shameless, I am going to admit that I did want Jordan Hill instead of Steph Curry. Okay, I did not want Jordan Hill. I can own that one. I did not see it. I, I was just like, dude. You wanted Tyler Hands, bro? No, I didn't want a big. I, th- I, I just thought I thought all the bigs at that point sucked. Mm-hmm. I may have wanted Brandon Jennings, though, or Drew Holiday. Uh, those were my two favorites. I thought, you know, because they were younger than Steph, the upside was going to be so much higher. Um, I mean, Drew's so, legit, so yeah, you're right Drew, there. Drew, Drew's, Drew's legit. legit. Drew's legit, um, but I liked I liked Jennings more because he was lightning quick. And when he dropped uh, 50, was it 55 on the Warriors? Yeah. Like in Double the first nickels. month? Yeah. Um, I was like, God. Just no, we, we, get, we get the nice, like, new Derek Fisher. And <laughs> anyway, um, by about Christmas, I'd changed my tune on on Steph once I started seeing him play. But even as I say that, um, you know, I I thought he was, I thought he would peak as a Mike Bibby level player. Like when he was on that tear in the second half of his rookie year, I'm like, okay, this is a good player. This can be like the second or third best player on a title team at best. You know, um, I, I thought he'd be a guy who'd make like a, a one to two All Star teams or something like that. You know, um, so. He exceeded my expectations the whole way, um, and you know I was just skeptical. The idea of like a little guy who's more of a shooter than anything, um, it just it didn't make sense to me. That's kind of like um, here, here's my thing, and let's relate it back to to what's going on today. Kind of revolutionary players, right? And you talk about Steph uh, James Harden. You know he's shooting all these step back threes or blah blah blah. It all started with Steph. Like, I, I get the Phoenix Suns, I get all of this, but they played fast doesn't mean they shot a bunch of threes. Steph was the guy, he averaged 10 threes in that 2015-16 season. Like, he was the guy that popularized just shooting from further and just chucking a bunch of attempts. And you know, that. And you that's know funny? He did it, he did it um, gradually. If you look through his attempts, his first MVP year, he took, like, less than eight a game. At this point, we get mad if he takes less than 10, you know? So, um, but he did, he just kept pushing the envelope and he really was the one who pushed it. Like people will say D'Antoni did, um, he was important, but Nelly was doing that before D'Antoni. Neither of those guys had it in them to truly push the envelope with like 43s a game. Well, initially. Yeah. I mean, you know, like. I, I'm sure if Steve Nash wanted to shoot 10 threes a game, they'd have been fine with that. But you know, also Steve Nash wasn't that type of player, right? So it was a little bit different. But it's like the other thing that separates Steph from really anybody else in the history of basketball, especially someone like Harden, is that he shoots 45%. 
at those attempts. He doesn't shoot like 37, which is fine, especially if you're hard to shoot really 13, good, by the way. But yeah. with 13 attempts, right? But like with Steph, you're over 40 and well over 40 with 11 attempts a game. And like, and, and this is. And this is, we're not talking about ISO Steph, right? We're talking about a Steph that still has to play with KD, with Clay. Like, he's not just having the ball in his hands all game long. And and that's the difference. Like, that's the crazy part about Steph is when people always told me, like, oh, you know, Clay is a better shooter. It's like, no, Clay could be a better set shooter, but there's nobody that can shoot like Steph while he's dribbling and the accuracy while shooting that amount. Um, you don't see it. You, you just don't see it. It's it's just not possible. Paul George is having anywhere. an absolutely amazing year. It's, and by the way, Paul George is having the best 3 and D year I've ever seen. Like, th- this is the funny thing about him. People, like, what's making his year amazing is he is taking nine, and, 9 to 10 threes a game. Like, he's taking almost a Steph volume, essentially. He's taking... Well, he's not step- even 3 and D at this point. He's a legit just... just- first team right yeah he's but like I, mean, I mean i mean but basically he's he's cut out a bunch of mid-rangers for threes and he's hitting them at 40 percent. just to put in perspective him and steph are the only guys who've ever taken more than nine threes a game and shot over 40 percent. <laughs> only two ever but here's here's the thing that just puts steph into perspective we'll also give some paul george some paul george is doing that and he's at Barely 40%. And that's amazing because Harden does that and Harden is at 37%. And Damian Lillard gets around there and he's at about 37%. That's crazy. And we both know that's pretty impressive because all three of those guys have to take at least two to three junk shots a game, which is going to affect your percentage, right? Like end of shot clock, you know, the type of stuff where, you know, if if Harden or Dame get open threes, they're going to hit them over 40%, right? Steph takes the same volume and he hits it at 45%. And you and he takes some junk ones mixed in there too. Oh yeah. Like imagine if he shots. just imagine if he just took good threes. If he just if he didn't have the end of the shot clock, the the or just the heat check. <laughs> um, you know, I mean he could probably shoot 50% if he took six a game. Yeah. Yeah, no, and the other pieces like he that's who he is. You got to have him shoot those shots because that's how he gets in rhythm. Um, no, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And that, that's the argument where it's like, people will always say that's the thing is like, Oh, Steph can only shoot, right? Take away a shot. It's like, dude, it's not that he can only shoot. He is singularly leaps and bounds better than any other shooter in the history of basketball. There's nobody that can compare. Like, that's the difference. Like you could say that Dame Lillard is a poor man's version of Steph. But we're talking about like a poor, poor man's version. Yeah, of Steph. comparing There's nobody comparing can touch that. comparing Steph and Dame's shooting ability is like comparing <laughs> Jordan and Vince Carter in terms of driving. <laughs> like one's an all star, one's like a, a damn good player. The other was unstoppable. You know, the other the other is the most iconic player yeah. off the dribble of all time. Oh, that's a that's a hell of a point, and, and that's kind of like. And people use that to demean it. It's like, oh, you know, if you kind of replace Dame, if you kind of replace Steph with Dame, like, where would the Warriors be? It's like, dude, that's the point. The Warriors are built around what Steph can do. There's just, you cannot duplicate it. By the way, you brought up Paul George. Um, so let, let's run to the next question here because this is, I love this one. Um, Doug Tyler, Doug F. Tyler. That's my guy. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know him? A's fan, it looks like. So it must be your guy. Um, which. Western Conference Finals and Finals opponent, do you want to see most for the run at three straight? Um, you brought so, up Paul George, so I I, I brought this question up because they've got to play the Thunder. Okay, yeah. Um, in terms of easiest path, I don't want the Thunder. In terms <laughs> of best viewing, Thunder. Um, they, I mean, they're good, man. They're, I mean, you and I both stand from the same position of. Russ is I just don't trust him fully but he's also having like his best year while you also this, having his by worst the way, year. You called this a month and a half ago. Yeah? What does Russ I say? being a, Russ being a point guard. Yeah. It, 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 it hit him just kind of allowing who knows how long this will last, right? This can all change at any time. But him allowing Paul George to be who he is, him allowing, you know, just kind of cooking with Steven Adams I've watched a lot more OKC games than I'd like to admit this season. I just don't know why. I feel like they're on TV a lot. But um, he's he's become like a – The just, time zone. He just gets 15, di- 15 dimes a game. Yeah, probably. 
Um, well, and and more than anything, um, so first off, Paul George is he if he doesn't get top three in MVP, you know. He should be. He's been amazing. Who's talking? Harden, Giannis, George. Yeah, yeah, that makes I, sense. I mean, I wouldn't put Harden there, but um, Harden I, I, wouldn't be in your top three. He's chasing stats. Oh no, no, I, <laughs> I get it, but wow, that's crazy. You don't think Paul George could average thirty plus if he just <laughs> dribbled the ball a little? Like, I mean, or, like what what Harden's doing is vanity, but the point of the game is to win. You know, yeah. he doesn't have to do this. Um, anyway. They're still winning. You know, they're, they're, he kind of dragged six, them out of their five seed. Yeah, they are. I yeah. mean, I, I would put him as like my fourth or fifth. Oof, that, that's a hot take. Is it? Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think some people would have Harden being the actual MVP right now. You know what I'd say is he's probably mm. having a steroided version of the Russ MVP season. He is. From a few years back. He is. And I had an issue with that too. Yeah. Um, I don't. Yeah. I'm just. I'm not that. I mean, it's it's very impressive, but it, it's not the point of the game. Um, Forty-five points on thirty-five shots doesn't impress you. I mean, it's impressive from the standpoint of he can do it, but like he can do thirty-five. But, but like the point is, the point is to win the game. The point is not to see who can put up the best stats. Um, and I don't necessarily think he always plays to win the game, or I don't think. I mean, there, there's other things he could do, but uh, I, I, I tend to agree with to, you. Let's get back to OKC yeah, here. I, I don't, so I don't think Houston is, is the team. It has to be OKC uh, just because Houston, Chris Paul looks like he might be finished as an elite top tier, top 10 level player. Clint Capella's fine. Um, Harden's, Harden's fine, but we've seen that story. We don't need to see it again. LeBron and his, you know, his rookie, his his little goons, seen it last year. Don't need to see it again. We need to see Russ and Stephen Adams go up against Demarcus Cousins. We need to see Paul George, who's playing like KD, go up against KD. Right? We need to see Russ try to fight Steph, Jeremy Grant. Like that's that would be an amazing yeah. series. It'd probably be like six games, but so, it'd be amazing. So what I was going to say is the thing that makes OKC so dangerous is one, Paul George is playing out of his mind. Two, um, Steven Adams probably should have been an all-star. Well, I don't know who I would take off the all-star team, but like he's playing at, at top 25-ish level, right? Um, the The interesting thing is, yeah, Jeremy Grant and, and actually Ferguson – are sneaky better than like role players have had in those roles in years past. Yes. Like they're, they're just a very good team. It, it ultimately comes down to, you know, how much Russ can adapt on the fly because he's going to have the ball in his hands more than anyone. Is he going to be three of 12 and decide to just keep chucking? Or is he going to be a little more like pragmatic and play everyone through, you know? Well, also, here, here's the other thing. Because the the Thunder have so much length, they're kind of like the Bucks. I'm curious to see how they defend the Warriors, right? Oh, Do they're they, going to be a problem. They, they've, I think they've always been, right? With or without I mean, that's Durant, always been, always kinda, been a problem. That's always been their, their <clears throat> MO. Like, they, they kind of – Presti loves to, loves to draft length thinking he can develop it. And for the most part, they have, you know, but I, I just I because I'm I was watching the jazz game and I think you made this point in the offseason, not on the pod, but you were worried about you. Were, uh, we were all happy that cousin signed with the Warriors and you were you were being you're being grumpy or some shit, usual shit <laughs> at like eight in the morning. And you're like, oh, you know, you're going to be happy. You're happy now. But just wait until he takes shots away from Steph. Yeah, uh, and this this was like in September. I don't even remember August. Probably July. And I'm like, I'm like, fuck you. Um, and then so I'm watching the game. I'm watching the Jazz game. I'm at the airport, and I, I'm just kind of thinking like, I, I see it, and and it's because and it's to no fault of Cousins. It's just you want to. The point of the game is to maximize your best players, and as great as Cousins is, you're not maximizing not just Steph but Durant as well. And you just want those, and, and Clay is just going to get whatever he can get. So you want those yeah, two Clay to get fits in seamless because, wherever because Cousins a passer. If Cousins wasn't a passer, then then you you know say something. But he is. I'm worried though because I'm fake worried. I'm I'm concerned trolling. But it's like 
he's going to get a bunch of shots, but you're not maximizing your two best players. And, and when does that become a problem, especially when games start to matter more, like in the Western Conference Finals, right? So that's something I'd be concerned about a little bit. Um, but it also helps that Draymond is absolutely terrible on offense. So like well, that's, that's so they're just it, it's just four people, I guess, that'll shoot. But still, you know. So let me, resp- let me respond to you. That's a Kerr question, isn't it? Um, because it's what kind of leash is he going to get? And it, I mean, it's it's a lot more complicated than like Kerr should just bench him because this isn't Greg Monroe, you know. Like they they need to keep Boogie happy because in general they probably want to see if they can bring him back next year. Um, and then secondarily, I mean, he's just kind of, I mean, he's a proven all-star. Even if he's off injury, you just don't treat a guy like that. Like he's, uh, no, he's in, playing. Yeah. Like he's Enos Cantor. So he has, so it's, it's a question of like, I mean, this is where you can't compare the Warriors to other teams. Like when Steph has a bad game, it has more to do with the ball being filtered away from him, which is not a situation that James Harden has to deal with. You know, um, it's not a situation that LeBron James has to deal with because those guys have the ball in their hands. Steph could have the ball in his hands, but there's like four other guys who need the ball in their hands too. Same with uh, KD, by the way. Uh, I think we yeah. fail to admit. I think a lot of these questions are about who hates who KD hates more, me or Ethan. Um, I will say this. Um, KD's ability to, to, to I think we've talked about this before defer like Steph does is second to none um, and we were watching I was watching the game tonight and I and he had this sequence where he blocked Dame at the rim and then on the other hand on the other end just slashed through two people for a layup against a big I saw that and I was like this dude's ceiling when he's engaged is almost as good as Steph on offense and almost as good as Draymond on defense and there's just no player you cannot think of a single player that can do that. Even when LeBron was in his prime, he couldn't score the way KD does, right? And he certainly couldn't, like, and he can probably protect the rim the same as KD, but KD's longer. So it's one of those things where it's like, dude, this guy, for all he is, how unhappy he is, he's ridiculous on the court. Yeah, that that's the funniest part of his whole um, New York thing and, like, this stuff becoming public is, like, the more drama gets created seemingly for no reason the better he plays yeah um it's it's, i mean there's it's one it it doesn't at at minimum it doesn't affect him which is crazy and and i guess you can hear the truth in his voice when he's like i just want to play basketball and and a lot of it's his fault right it's like dude just, just if you didn't do all whatever right but you know, he does just want to play basketball. That is the kind of the, the thing that is him. Like, you know, with Clay, he's got, you know, well, I he's think, got his dog. I think, a few, I think a few people have mentioned it. When when he's playing basketball, he just doesn't have to think, you know? Whereas, like, what I mentioned earlier, he's got that brand, which is bigger than – I mean, he makes more money off the court than on the court, and it's like all this stuff and all these calculated things that you almost wonder if the dude like wishes he didn't have to deal with all that. So he could just hoop, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, they had to feature Ramona Shelburne's feature saying how he invested in the Postmates, you know, before they went big. It's like, my God, man, come on. <laughs> it's like, if you want to, why are we talking about these things? Right. Um, I think our friend of the program who I forget, was it, was it, uh, was it Andrew Sharp? Somebody said just the boardroom doesn't relate. It was either him or Gulliver. The boardroom doesn't relate to me or you, right? Um, we, I don't know how much investing you do. I'll just speak for myself here. Um, I may monitor these things, but I, I don't care. Like, I'm not spending my, my, my time. portfolio is smaller than KD. Yeah, I'm not worried about <laughs> diversifying my portfolio, you know? Like, um, like, this is rich people stuff. And the vast majority of people that watch Kevin Durant, that root for Kevin, that's just not, it's not how the world is. Most people don't have a portfolio, like, worrying about what they need to invest in. This is not how you relate to the casual viewer. Now, Steph Curry, that comes out with a documentary or series or whatever that he's coming out with, with, I don't even know what it's about. I'm just going to assume it's a story of just kind of being an underdog, whatever it is. Right? That's relatable. That's relatable. What LeBron does, even LeBron getting a haircut, getting drunk, drinking wine, talking shit with the boys, like that's relatable, right? Like that's is something it? you do every. I mean, the stuff he says is kind of bullshit, but the premise is there, right? Like 
you can kind of understand where he's coming from. But with KD, it's like we're sitting around, we're talking about Silicon Valley. We're t- like, come on. Here's, <laughs> here's here's a bigger thing. Why should I care about mm. any of them? Like, including Steph. <laughs> honestly, I get it. There's there's content to be consumed. There are people who enjoy that sort of stuff and there's kind of cult of personality stuff like that there is studies that shows like people are into this sort of like direct content type stuff that they think feels more authentic than you know just turning on you know sports center and getting like the human well, that's the, story it's the brand though right like they, yeah. you you want to relate to to someone like that like i think lebron kind of does it right like that's where we kind of get annoyed at him because we're like, dude, you're not really an underdog. <laughs> you came out of great, nowhere. You, you're the greatest athlete of all time. You never, we've never seen an athlete like LeBron. We've never seen a smarter player, a player as talented as smart as LeBron on and off the court. Right. Like, dude, you're not an underdog. You're supposed to win titles. Um, but he's kind of pitched himself as someone that's relatable. Staff has no issues doing that, right? So with KD, it's like, dude, that's your brand and, and where you going with it, I think, is is where do we even get off on tangent? I just say, but, I mean, um, my, my personal question is um, how it plays for the long term of sports mm. because, like, end of the day, you need diehard fans to generate revenue for the, the league to, to function. And if if the best players don't feel like they are intri- like the LeBron Laker thing has a big chance of backfiring because people are like, dude, he's just here because he wants to make Hollywood. Money. I think it's starting. Yeah, dude, yeah. I think it's starting. I mean, it could, it could also just turn because all, I mean, if he has it in him and he just starts performing, you know, people, people just won't care because he's that good a player. Right. Yep. Um, but it, it, it's kind of got that sort of, you know, you, you got to kind of keep the main thing, the main thing. Like you can't forget that at end of the day, people care because they, they're just sport obsessed and like watching you play that sport, you know, gets millions of people excited. He needs better advice from better yeah. people around him. I mean, you, you're telling me uh, Turtle doesn't isn't offering the best advice. You think you think the guy that's probably more interested than himself and his career than KD's career cares more about KD. Like, and here's and, and KD's career is going to be way more impactful on and off the court. And it just doesn't hmm. seem like he's getting the the right people around him to. Make those decisions, but you know whatever whatever makes them happy. You got another question that's uh, that, that pop, that's popping up here. Yeah, not I'm not seeing warrior ones, but I do think this one's interesting. Um, oh, here actually, in a post KD world, who will Steph lure to play with the Warriors in the next few few years? Ooh. I mean, obviously Giannis. <laughs> you go first. You have something off the top of your head. Yeah. So Giannis's contract expires in 2021. Love it. If the Bucks do not exceed, the Bucks are playing with house money right now. If they lose in the second round, all of a sudden the conversation is going to change around them. And this really comes down to how good do you think Middleton and Bledsoe can be? Is to be seen, in my opinion. I don't trust that. I don't. I don't either. trust that at all. Like, could you? Do you think they beat Boston or Philly in the second round? Uh, they can. I think they can. Right. I think they can. But, but if, if they you lost, told me I had to be put, surprised. No. If you told me I had to put money on it, I just I probably wouldn't bet. Um, so here's a but, better question: If they lose, if they lose in round two to let's say Boston, it doesn't really matter. You can say Philly. Then the next year, well, they don't have many options this summer. They have to pay Middleton. Yeah, they have to pay Middleton. They, I think they have to play pay Mets, Bledsoe. Uh, Brooke Lopez and Miritich, I believe, are both free agents. So yeah, this I mean, is they have to pay, like, like yeah. they, unless they pull a rabbit out of a hat, they're pretty much going to run back the same team. Um, and if they don't get better next year, well, then that's when Giannis is going to start looking around and saying, am I locking myself into this team? 
Um, let's break it down. Uh, Chris Middleton is, I believe, probably maxed out as a player. There's no Clay Thompson and Draymond Green leap coming here, right? I think we can agree on that. Yeah. Same with Eric Bledsoe, right? Uh, outside of that, um, honestly, Wilson, I would love both of them if the other one was a better player. You know, like they're both really good if they're your third best player and Giannis is your first best player and you have like a legit number two. But if they had clay, <laughs> if they had clay, every team I, needs I think clay. They need, I think they need better than the clay, honestly. But yeah, uh, if they had clay, they that that's a uh, they'd be in the finals if they had clay. They they. What, what if you swap Bloodso for Kemba? Yeah, I don't know. I it, Kemba's Kemba's up. I I just don't see the consistency in Kemba. I don't sure. watch him too much. I'm just go. I'm kind of going off the uh, the numbers here, um, but I, I don't see the consistency. But no, that's that's a good point. I I do think. Um, I do think Bledsoe. I think they need another player rather than an upgrade, unless the upgrade is like, <laughs> you know, some superstar. Unless they're getting like Dame, right? Dame's. I think Dame's better than Kemba. Um, um, so unless they like get him or something instead of Bledsoe, but you slot in like a Clay um, for some reason if they get him, right? Like that's the finals team. I think Clay, Middleton, Bledsoe, Giannis. But no, to your point, they're probably not going. That's not going to happen. They're not getting a free agent. They they have what they have. Um, they're veterans, guys that have good pieces. They're probably going to be gone or they're going to have to pay for them again, right? Um, and unless they get a – they just traded Thonmaker, Thonmaker, whatever. He was, you know, maybe someone that had potential, not going to happen. Um, and they don't have anybody else that I can see that may make that leap, right? They don't have like a Pascal Siakam. They don't right. have like a – it's like the, the, the most they have is like this, uh, you know, some random dudes that aren't going to get there as, as far as we know. So you're right. Outside of that, two and that's years the, the line. And, and like Giannis is amazing. He's my MVP front runner, but he has to play with someone who can hit a shot and play through. I mean, the Shaq comparisons make sense because Shaq could be the most dominant player on the court, but like you needed someone to go through in the last like five minutes because at some point teams just start like denying the guy who can't play outside. Um, I I, I agree. Um, I've I've agreed with that. I. Do you think that I've only I only watch primetime Bucks games? Hey, they're actually on primetime quite a bit now, like you know, once every couple weeks or so. Um, his threes, his threes are coming on low volume, but I'm he's not, at 40%. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying this jump shot at all. <laughs> um, I'm not I, buying that if teams start sealing off the rim, in other words, like overcommitting, he's gonna kill them from 15 well, to 30. like you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, he what what, what he does is. At a certain point, teams start overcommitting to denying him at the rim because no one guy can stop him. And then the question comes, well, how do you counter that? And I don't think he can counter it. Well, he might not be able to, but they do have a team full of shooters, in fairness to, to their they talent. Do, they do, but at the end of the day, you're, you're telling me, like, do I trust Middleton and Bledsoe to... You don't trust Nikola Miritich in a playoff series? Hey, you believe... Still kiss and shoot guy. Yeah, and swept the Blazers. You know that that worked out well. Um, you're right. I, I think that it's not talked about just because the Bucks are so good right now, and he's going to win and MVP. They're exceeding and, so much, and and Coach of the Year MVP. Um, so the downfall, it's a quick turnaround, right? Like something would have to happen. Like for example, the Bucks didn't draft Giannis's brother or didn't pick up Giannis, but like, dude, that's all you have to do to make him happy. But they fucked that one up. Um, you know, so it's kind of, um, I, I think it's a long shot. Um, so throw some of the names out there. Um, Joel Embiid, it's a couple of years down the road. Yeah. Um, that'd be fun. What are some kind of lower level names? You always say Rudy Gay. <laughs> I mean, obviously we're, we're getting Rudy Gay next summer. He's replacing KD. Fitz is going to try to convince us oh, to basically the same player and it's going to be infuriating. Um, <laughs> Um, I I don't know. I, it, the Warriors are in here's a tough a, place. Here's KD, the thing. KD yeah. leaves. I'm going to end on this point. Um, if KD leaves, Warrior fans kind of have to hope Clay takes a discount. Um, not happening. It's probably not. But like, I'm just saying, if if KD stays, you have KD and Steph. You know that's a title core. Like that's like a that's a dynasty core. Um, so from that perspective, overpay to keep your key guys, right? 
if KD leaves, you need your cap space, which is to say you don't want to be overpaying. You want to get everyone else on the best deal you can. It's it's kind of counterintuitive, you know, but from a warrior perspective, if KD leaves, they're better suited. I mean, it's more important for them to hardball clay then. You yes, dis- you disagree with me. No, I'm with you because it's not not about clay, dude. It, they can't hardball Draymond. Like, think about that. Yeah, like they're gonna overpay Draymond. Like. I think Clay's getting the max. There's no way he's not. I think it's the Draymond question of KD. Yeah, it's, it's a question of what kind of max Clay gets. Does he get the four year or the five year max? <laughs> they give him the five. He's taking a five. <laughs> I mean, if they, if they give it to him, they'll take it. But like, they don't have yeah. to give it to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and the Clay's kind of side is leaking a little bit of that Lakers stuff, right? Like leaking where it's like you know not really serious. He's probably gonna stay, but just stop fucking around. And ESPN's broadcast that. tonight had him um, Clay. Um, unprovoked, saying he just he hopes to retire a warrior. So, <laughs> I mean, um, they're, they're, I think I do believe he would leave if they insulted him. But like, he's basically giving them the, hey, you you take care of me, I'll stay. You know, that, which which is yeah. which is ultimately the best position for a team to be in, right? Yeah, and, and they'll do it. They'll do it. They have re- they have no reason to to not. And if you have Stephen Clay, you're always going to be contending. Um, especially if Draymond's there as well. So I think that, um, you know, if and when KD leaves, they'll still be good um, next season. I think they still should and could win the championship. Um, but, you know, we'll see. We're at we're almost finished out of here. I got one more that I want to make a comment on. Um, shit, now I can't see the question. Uh, oh, um, one of my favorites, uh, The Regend. When are you and Andy taking over Warriors Outsiders? Um, so me and Sam are working on some things. We're working on some things, and we'll keep, be announcing some things. Ho- yeah, hopefully in the future. Keep listening to the podcast. Keep following the timeline. Um, keep subscribing. Whatever the hell you have to do. Um, we'll be back. I believe what after the All Star break. Sometime. Yeah, we'll, be, we'll, we'll do a preview of the second half. Perfect. All right, man. Let's get out of here. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.